Greetings, this is Radio Sega, and you are now listening to The Sega Lounge. Join the conversation in the IRC chat room by going to radiose.ga slash IRC and on Twitter by mentioning at Radio Sega or using the hashtag the Sega Lounge. Indeed, welcome everyone to another episode of the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We play the best Sega music 24-7 and we have the craziest talk show on internet radio and perhaps uh, the craziest talk show in the world <laughs> sorry sorry about that so i'm kc <laughs> also known as david live from portugal uh alone alone i'm so sad i'm i'm all alone tonight uh, to host this very special the sega lounge because we have an amazing uh, lovely guest tonight joining me in a few minutes via skype so if you're a virtual fighter fan or a shanu fan you'll probably uh, will enjoy this show very much because we'll be joined by the lovely Liesl wilkerson the voice of such characters as sarah bryant uh yuan uh, joy you know, we'll, we'll talk about a, a couple of other Sega characters as well, and we'll probably talk about some non-Sega characters as well. Um, but yeah, uh, don't forget to join us in the IRC chatroom, because uh, if you want to ask Lizzle some questions, you can do so by uh, coming uh, on the, or in the IRC chatroom, uh, double-clicking my name, that's KC in the IRC, and uh, you can... Um, uh, you can uh, double click on and send me your questions for Lizzo about Shenmue, about Virtual Fighter, about her work in the industry, about her taste in games, I don't know, whatever you'd like to talk about, just let us know. Or you can also mention at Radio Sega on Twitter and use the hashtag the Sega Lounge and I'll try to keep up with the questions you ask and try to uh, ask them uh, to Lizzo during the interview. Uh, but yes, as I as I was saying, I'm alone tonight, so no Donnie, no Andy. Uh, I, I'm not sure about you guys, but after listening to last week's show, uh, I think Andy should do this on his own. It was such an amazing, such an entertaining episode of the Sega Lounge. I think we should all promote uh, Andy to um, sole uh, host of the Sega Lounge from now on. Hmm? Yeah, I think so. We need to work on that. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard last week's show, don't forget to grab the um, the podcast from our media section or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever service you use, because it was an amazing uh, episode dedicated to Sonic Dash with uh, Hardlight Studios' assistant producer, James Booth. It was really fun, and we had an awesome Sega Launch Challenge last week, so... I advise you all to download the podcast if you weren't able to listen to it live. It's now on RadioSega.net and all the usual uh, outlets for that kind of stuff. Uh, indeed, so before I start with the interview, before we call Lizzle, uh let me just uh, talk a bit about the news. Because, you know, uh, we've been having quite a lot of Sega news lately. Um, most of them Shenmue 3 related, but uh, apart from Shenmue, we've had lots of, of stuff 
happened in, uh, during the, the last few days. Um, for example, we've learned that Persona 4 Dancing All Night uh, will release in Europe this fall, so that's great news for uh, Vita owners and uh, rhythm dance uh, folks that like uh, that kind of stuff and uh, Persona fans as well. Uh, if you enjoy Persona music and you, if you're uh, eager to listen to the soundtrack to this game, to Persona 4 Dancing All Night, I can uh, now confirm that it's in our playlist, so uh, from yesterday actually, it's been added to the playlist so you can now request tracks from Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Uh, feel free to do, it, to do it after the show ends. Uh, on another note, um, Sega Hard Girls fans uh, are having such a, a hard time uh, making peace with their wallets because uh, they keep releasing stuff, merch, uh, related to the Sega Hard Girls. So apart from last week's uh, Saturn and Nendo, uh, we now have a new uh, Saturn figure. That, uh, it's called the This Is Cool Skeleton Sega Saturn. Uh, which is uh, uh, actually the, uh, Se- the Sega Saturn Hard Girl dressed in her Chin Chronicles summer dress. So, uh, for all you perverts out there, it's, it's a great uh, find, I think, so you'll, you'll probably enjoy it, enjoy it. And there's all the other uh, Hard Girl ski straps to pre-order now as well, so um, I'm sure everyone that uh, loves the Sega Hard Girls are really enjoying it. Um, having to uh, throw all their money at the screen and stuff, and uh, yeah, I I haven't pre-ordered these these last few items, so I'm not sure. Uh, I've been uh, restraining myself, but I'm not sure if I can if I can hold it much longer. Anyway, anyway, uh, other news, Shenmue 3 news. It's awesome to have Corey Marshall back as Ryo Hazuki in Shenmue 3. That's the big news of the week, I think. Uh, in regards to Shenmue 3, so uh, it was confirmed that uh, Corey will be coming back to reprise his role as Ryo Hazuki, which uh, if he wouldn't be coming back, it would be the same for all our all us uh, old school Shenmue fans. It's, it's really amazing. Corey is an amazing guy as well. We've already uh, had him on the show uh, last season. We'll probably have him. Uh, in a few weeks back on the Sega Lounge as well to talk about this but uh, I recommend everyone to uh, download the, the, the Corey Marshall interview we, we did uh, with him uh, last year and we had uh, uh, such a fun Sega Lounge challenge with Corey Marshall yeah such a fun challenge yeah uh, on other news, uh, Sonic Runners, as uh, Andy told you last week, is already uh, was already re- released worldwide. Uh, I've been playing it on my mobile phone. It's it's fun, I have to say. And since if you follow me on Twitter and if you uh, listen to my show on Monday, you'll know that uh, I have uh, I've injured my wrist uh, recently, so um, I haven't been able to play. Uh, games that require two hands lately. So I've been playing a lot of Sonic Dash and Sonic Runners. So I can safely say that Sonic Runners is a fun game. It has lots of ads, but you know, it's what you, you would expect from a free-to-play game nowadays on, on iOS and Android. So apart from that, I don't really have any problems with, uh, with the game. It's really fun. It's old-school, uh, kind of old-school Sonic 
platforming, you know, 2D running, it's, it's fun. Uh, but apparently, uh, Sega just released Sonic Dash to Sonic Boom for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It's Sonic Boom! Yeah, but it's it's been released at least uh, on a couple of, uh, of countries, uh, again with the, the soft releases of, of Sonic games. Um, and it's on Android and um, and I, I I don't know it's I, I, I haven't looked at, uh, at any gameplay footage I know some websites have been uh, uploading it uh, uploading some videos but I haven't looked at it so I I wouldn't know but uh, it's apparently a sequel to Sonic Dash which can't be bad I think uh, but it's it's using all the Sonic Boom characters in the universe for some reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, keeping with the mobile theme, uh, just today, uh, Picomi Games uh, released, finally released, Hiroki, or is it Hiroki? Hiroki? I don't know. It's a strange name. It's a mobile game just released for iOS uh, systems or phones and tablets and whatever uh, today. I've tried it uh, this morning. And it's uh, gorgeous, I have to say that. But I'm really not sure about the control scheme yet. I'm not too familiar with it. I had a hard time playing the first level. It could be because of I need both hands. I don't know. I have my wrist injured, so I won't be uh, having that, that. It's not easy for me to, to use both hands playing a game these days. But uh, I'm not sure. The game is really, really beautiful, though. It's amazingly beautiful. It's a, a gorgeous game. Um, so if you have an iOS device, uh, you can try it for um, the cheap price of 8 euros in, in Europe, actually. Uh, and I'm not sure, I think it's also, yeah, it's $7.99 uh, as well uh, in the US. And uh, I'm not sure about um, uh, pounds, I'm trying to find the... The UK price for this game, but I can't find it. But um, but yeah, it should be I don't know, like 4.99. I don't know, probably, probably, yes. Uh, and uh, or 5.99. I don't know. I, I I don't know how they convert these these prices. But if you have an iOS device and you don't mind paying quite a lot of money for uh, a mobile game uh, that I can safely say is beautiful uh, then check it out Hiroki or Hiroki by Picomi Games published by Sega uh, final bit of news before we play some music and get Lizzle on the show uh, Sega have, has announced the release the upcoming release of 7th Dragon 3 uh, which is 7th Dragon 3 Code VFD, I believe. Uh, which is amazing news because, you know, I have never played any uh, of the games uh, because they were never released outside of... Japan! Yeah, but uh, the music is amazing and the soundtrack is going to be uh, composed by Yuzo Koshiro again. So that's amazing news and I want that soundtrack. Uh, I don't care about the game and I just want the soundtrack to add to Radio Second to play on shows because it's it's going to be amazing for sure. Some of my favorite Sega tracks are from 7th Dragon uh, games. And that's about it for this week's news, I think. Uh, not much else happening. Um, 
and you know we we will talk about Shenmue 3 more in in the coming minutes because we will have uh, Liesl on the show. Uh, but for now, I thought, um, why not play some music related to the roles Liesl has played uh, on Sega games? So we'll start with uh, a track we usually don't play on Radio Sega, but uh, you know this one. Yeah, you know what it is. All I want from Crazy Taxi. Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat.
Welcome back to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We just played a couple of tracks. Uh, we started off with All I Want by The Offspring from Crazy Taxi. And uh, then we had You uh, and Fight from Shenmue 2. Why have I picked these two tracks? Well, because they are related to uh, parts that Liesl played on Sega games. So that's why, and we'll be getting into that in a bit. Uh, but for now, I want everyone to uh, join me in welcoming the lovely Liesl Wilkerson. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. And I'm I'm just going to uh, uh, ask people to help me out because um, I'm not sure if your volume is a bit low. So if I need to cut the, the music, the background music, people will have to let me know in order for us to hear your lovely voice and okay. uh, people aren't complaining for now so I think and that's if good. they complain I'll beat them up <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah yeah uh, and now people are leaving and uh, sc- just running scared yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. sad it's sad <laughs> it's you okay know. yes I play some aggressive female characters so you know <laughs> indeed you do indeed you do yeah yeah I'll, I'll, I'm gonna ask you about that in a, in a bit but before that um, would you like to uh, tell everyone uh, who's not familiar with your with you and your history in, in the video games industry and whatnot uh, who you are what you've been doing for the past few years and so mm-hmm. um, yeah sure I uh, so little background on my life which kind of has to do with my voice work as well, but I grew up in Tokyo, Japan. Um, I moved to Tokyo when I was five, and I got into voice work through radio. So I started off when I was about 19 years old in radio. and um, it just Radio for in, the win. Oh. Huh? Uh, radio for the win. Yeah. Radio, yes. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and exactly. So, and um, through radio is really how I, um, you know, how I got to voice work for video games. And it's always been one of my favorite uh, things to do. Um, I do a lot of female, um, like I mentioned earlier, some, you know, kind of aggressive, but really strong, really cool characters. Um, maybe some of the listeners know me from Virtua Fighter, Sarah Bryant, mm-hmm. um, of course, also Nina Williams and Chris Montiero from Tekken, um, and you know Gina from Crazy Taxi, and um, yeah, it's just been a really. And I've also done things like uh, Sanrio has a character called Batsmaru. I don't know if people are familiar with. You know, he's the one that's kind of an angry little penguiny character and so i did the voice for him as well which was a lot of fun so um, so I keeping do- with keeping with the aggressive theme though yes yeah yes. even for penguins yes absolutely <laughs> a bit aggressive as well and that is one of the few I think one thing and maybe uh, has been a blessing um, for me is that I do voice acting in both English and Japanese so with Batsumaru the character was actually um, I was asked to do it in a mixture of English and Japanese which was a lot of fun Um, 
But you know, the whole approach to doing voiceover in English and Japanese is very different. So um, it was a little bit challenging, but really, you know, really cool. And then, of course,、um, maybe there are some Shemu fans who are listening. So I've done a few of the characters from the Shemu legacy as well, like、uh, Shueng Hong,、um, also Joy, and Yuan. Indeed.、Um, yeah, and I, and you know, I mean, I do a lot of other work besides、um, voice acting. I was, I was in Lost in Translation as well,、um, and I do、um, a lot of interpreting for various industry guests, and、um, and I do the red carpet work for the Academy Awards, Grammys, and, you know. So I, I do a lot of things, but like I mentioned again, like voice acting has always been one of my. Uh, loves,、mm-hmm. so it's always really wonderful when, and you know, for me, of course, you know, this whole thing coming up again with Shemu and with Yusan, you know,、um, announcing at E3, which I'm sure we'll be talking about later, but it's just been kind of a whirlwind of, you know, a few weeks. This pa- these past weeks have been so wonderful to see everyone come together and everything. So. Yeah, yeah,、uh, and it's kind of a surprise for us all, I think. <laughs> I、well. know、so. you guys have waited for so long. <laughs> so so happy for indeed, you indeed. know、yeah. the as、uh, someone penned the name Shen Munity, so it's like Shen and then from Shemu, of course, and then Community Munity, so Shen Munity. I was like, I love that. <laughs> that's that's actually that's actually sounds like something I would I would come up with and I'm I'm ashamed I didn't、uh, so so yeah kudos to whoever did that yeah <laughs> yeah so、um, you you mentioned you grew up in in Japan so、uh, and I, I'm sure a lot of、uh, gamers out there that actually. Many games are set in Japan.、Uh, we、yes. grew up with、uh, Japanese culture uh, through yes. games, through cartoons or anime.、Um, how was that? And、uh, so you you were born in the U.S., right? I was.、Um, I was born. My both my parents were born and raised in West Virginia, so that's where I was born. But I lived there for maybe a year and a half of my life, and then after that, we moved to South Carolina and North Carolina, and then we moved to J- Tokyo or to Japan when I was five.、Um, so yeah, I've lived. Really, my whole life. I, I'm here now in LA, but I moved to LA about five years ago, six years ago. So, I mean, I've really spent my whole life there. Yes.、Hmm. So, how how was that?、Uh, w- w- you probably didn't have any trouble adapting to a different culture at five year old as a five year old,、yeah. right? Yeah.、Uh, yeah, and I think it's not.、Um, It's a it's a really wonderful experience. Obviously, a great opportunity to be able to grow up in another culture.、Um, but it, at the same time, there are a lot of kind of I would say challenges or maybe sometimes frustrations as a kid because you know a lot of times as a child you kind of want to fit in. And you don't always want to be the outsider.、Um, but growing up in Japan, I was constantly the outsider, and I was constantly reminded that I was the outsider. And so, I think that you know, when kids grow up in Japan,、um, 
it it can sometimes be a little bit hard for them, you know, and because of this, you know, there are many kids who I went to school with who, you know, lived in Japan for a long time and don't speak Japanese. And I think that this is a really unfortunate thing that you do sometimes see with, uh, you know, with bicultural kids. But I was very lucky that I was able to pick up the language. And for me, it's been such a blessing um yeah and i love i mean in all honesty i'm still getting to know the american culture i don't really know as much about <laughs> you know you know about yeah like it's kind of i i you know a lot of people call me their little blonde geisha because you know i'm still kind of adjusting to life here in the states so it's been quite a journey for me i'll say interesting <laughs> yeah would you say it's it's um uh more confusing to live in in the west in the so-called west or is it uh, calmer in the east it's is it i don't know what, what would you say are the differences between both cultures for you well i think that what's really confusing for me is because i went to an international school so obviously my schooling and everything was in english but then um and then my parents are you know both american but then i was obviously influenced by the japanese culture as well and so coming over here i will find myself in a position where i will just react to something And then everyone will look at me like, why are you reacting that way? You're so weird, you know? And I look at them and I'm like, really? That's not how you would react? And so it's sometimes I don't know which is which culture. And I think that's the most confusing thing sometimes for me. Um, so I've had these, um, I call them my blonde geisha moments where I find out that, you know, someone will say, nope, that's not how we do it in the States. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's actually pretty interesting and funny at the same time. <laughs> yes. 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 So how uh, did you actually get into voice acting? Uh, so you, you were doing some radio work, right? Um, yes. And how yeah. did the, the opportunity come about? Uh, why did you try to, or, or wasn't it your initiative that someone asked you to do it? How did it happen? Well, actually, it was really more of a natural progression because when you work on radio, um, so I started off working as a staff member for the number one morning show in Tokyo. And that was when I was 19. And at that time, I was working for a wonderful friend of mine by the name of John Kabira for J-Wave and I would watch him every morning and I would think to myself you know I've always been a huge music fan I love you know I've always loved music it's been a big passion of mine since I was three and I thought I would love to do work in radio this would be the most amazing job so um, I started moonlighting on the side. I would go to this small um, pirate radio station located in Harajuku in kind of downtown Tokyo. And I started, um, and yeah, and I started doing a weekend show for them. Um, this was back when, you know, we would play cassette tapes. 
I'm sure uh, uh, quite a, a lot of people that are listening to us right now don't even know what a cassette is. So. I know. I, I remember, I remember uh, recording <laughs> music from the radio onto a cassette. So fun times, yeah. fun times. It was, it was wonderful. It was like I would bring in, you know, at the radio station, we were allowed to bring some of our own music. So I would go to Tower Records or, you know, somewhere. And then I would look at the new uh, cassette singles that they had available. And I would pick them up and I'd listen to them. And then the ones that I like, I would take to my show and I'd play them. And then this kind of led to me entering the radio market um, and I started working for J-Wave and so then I went on to work for radio for almost 20 years. Well, probably about two years down the line after working in radio, I started getting phone calls from people who would say, oh, you're the DJ for that and that show and we would like to have you come and audition for, you know, a voiceover. You know, so that it, that's really how it led to me doing voice over work um, or voice acting. And then through that is how I got the auditions and, um, you know, the opportunities to be a part of some awesome video games. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So what was your first um, work in the industry? I have no idea because it was so long ago I don't really remember. I will tell you though that the first time I ever heard my voice in a video game <laughs> was Crazy Taxi. Oh, um, so Gina. Yeah. Yes, Gina. And it was really funny because I was actually on a date. Um, I went out on a date with a guy, you know, in, in, he was in Tokyo, American guy, and he was actually in Tokyo to play, um, he was a professional basketball player, he was there for like two years on a contract, and so, you know, we were, um, we were dating, and I went out with him, and he was a big gamer, and so we, he was like, least, you know, before we go to the movie, I want to go check out this new video game that I'm really into, and... I, for whatever reason, it was a blonde moment in my life. Um, I didn't even think about the fact that it would be Crazy Taxi, right? <laughs> I did not put the two and two together. So we go to this arcade, and he's playing the game, and I'm listening to this voice, and I'm thinking to myself, what? This sounds really familiar. You know, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I look, I like, I really the game and I'm like oh my gosh that's me <laughs> and I completely freak out um, and so I'm like come on we have to go this is so weird this is so weird and he just died laughing he thought it was so funny <laughs> um, obviously since then I've gotten more used to you know hearing myself in video games but yeah it was a bit traumatizing <laughs> Yeah, you, I was actually gonna gonna ask you about that. How do you react these days to the work you do? Do you actually try to play the games uh, just because you're you, you did voiceover work for the for the games voice acting, or do you try to stay away from your work entirely? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, if, so here's the problem. A lot of times we don't even get. I mean, this is improved greatly obviously with internet and everything but back in the day 
we would not know when a game was being released. We would not. We were not really given any kind of information, right? So, a lot of times we didn't even know, like when the. And we would hear from other people. Oh, I like your work in the game, and I'm like, oh, it's out. Okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously that has you know changed greatly because you have IMDb and you've got all these you know great sources of information. Um, but sometimes I like to. I mean, usually I like to at least try the game if I can get my hands on it. You know, then. Um, I, yeah, I definitely like to try the game and kind of see because in um, in video game work, sometimes we get to work with the rest of the crew, but a lot of times we don't get to work with the other voice actors, so we don't really have um, an understanding of the whole vision of the game. Yeah. So sometimes we're only given our own part, and then you know, and then that's all we know about that game. So in order to get a fuller picture of the game um it's fun to you know to play it so yeah so yeah. i i do like to play it sometimes yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are you a, a, a gamer or not really um uh, no i don't think i'm a gamer i'm a terrible butt masher that's what i am i cannot <laughs> call myself a gamer gamers would be like nope you're not good enough leave us alone you're crazy <laughs> crazy woman yeah <laughs> So you you try so you you're a good gamer uh, or you, you try uh, your best or do your best when doing yes. when playing uh, fighting games right so if you button mash Correct. you're great at yeah. fighting games I'm I'm a great button masher I'm an even better smack talker so <laughs> I'd like to um, when I I go to probably about two conventions a, a month for anime and gaming and. One of the panels that I love doing is, you know, the Tekken panel they'll do where I'll play Nina Williams and all. And when I play, you know, fans, Tekken fans, I'll always talk smack in my character. So it's a lot of fun, you know. And uh, sometimes they're a little bit, um, I think they're a little bit surprised because I'm like, get out of here! You know, I'll just kind of like do that. And like, oh my gosh, she's really serious, you know. Um, right? Um, and it, it, they're, they're practically celebrities nowadays, I think, and, mm-hmm. and especially uh, the ones that do work on the biggest, the, the, the so-called triple A games. Uh, uh-huh. They're kind of celebrities. Um, yeah. Do you think um, it's it's great? It's good for your work for uh, a way to find more work, more jobs in the industry that you get more exposure nowadays, that you can interact more with the fans. Doesn't it affect it at all? What's your opinion um, on that? Yeah, and that's a really good question. I think that it's kind of there's kind of a two-part answer to this. So, first of all, as far as the interactions with the fans, that is, I mean, that's like one of the most incredible things about being a voice actor, because a lot of times you're not really 
aware of, you know, and then once more kind of going back to Shamu, like it took me a while to really realize, you know, how much of an impact that game had on so many people. And it was so wonderful to see that, you know, and so, I mean, that's kind of a dream come true. I think if you're an entertainer or if you're in the entertainment industry in any way or form, you want to get feedback from people who buy your product. And so to be able to interact with fans is absolutely a wonderful thing. Um, and as far as the whole, you know, celebrity, you know, like voice actors having a bigger... Um, star role or whatever I think that that's great but at the end of the day um, the entertainment industry and the voice acting industry is a very can be a very unforgiving um, industry so it's always about you know you've done a really say for instance like you know Tekken you know you've done a big game or you know something like that but you have to be out there looking for the next project too because and you know um and some people have agents some people are freelance i'm a freelancer so with me like i am my own agent and so it's um so you know any of course any um publicity or any promotion whatever always helps but um you can't in my opinion you can't let that you, you know, you have to, like, keep on improving. You have to keep on, you know, looking out for other projects. And just, hey, keep keep yourself out there. Um, and so, I yeah. So I think I, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. There's, there's something that I, I, I wanted to ask related to the last question. Uh, so, you know, you just do the voice acting. You don't develop the game. Uh, you don't no. book test the game. But do sometimes people confuse your role in, in a game? So, for example, you do work on a game and uh, people for some reason don't like that game. Do they come up to you and say, you suck, you, you did bad on that game or something? Or yeah. are they able to differentiate the different roles that people play? In, in things? Um, I think it really depends on the person. There have been, you know, yeah, there have been some people that have come up to... And, you know, I think every voice actor gets this um, because at the, at the anime conventions or gaming conventions, we a lot of times we'll have a voiceover panel with all the voiceover guests. And sometimes we'll get questions like this. They're like, you know, I didn't really like your voice acting in so-and-so. Um, but I think the whole thing is you have to remember that the voice actor is not the creator of the game like this is a project where everyone gets together um, and we all come up it's a very collaborative effort right so I tell people that you know you might not think that this voice is good but you know usually when we go into the studio and we come up with a voice for a character we are working with the director or whoever's in charge of that game we are working together to come up with the character that they want you know mm -hmm. so we're not the one that a lot of times really calls the shots and says okay this is what i'm gonna do for nina you know or whatever like you know it's not my decision it's the company's decision 
about what they're looking for and we work together to come up with that you know so um so yeah i do think that sometimes you know or people um and you know for many years obviously like i would get questions all the time from shamu fans about when is you know shamu 3 coming out you know and i'm just like oh I I'm not I would love to say that I have some you know uh, say in that decision but I don't you know um, and if I'm a part of Tenu 3 that's great but I don't know I mean you know it's all the creator's vision really so yeah so and, and you, you know uh, your characters need to be in the game as well for you to or you need to voice another a different character for you to, to be on Tenu 3 that we don't know if Joy is in Shenmue 3, for example. I know. I hope she is, though, because I, I really enjoyed playing her. She was really spunky and fun and sassy. <laughs> awesome. I love the sassy character. Uh, so, <laughs> we, before we get into the Shenmue talk, I think we'll, we'll do a quick music break before that. But uh, I got a, a question from Jamie uh, that first says something that I'm going to probably mess up but he says uh, oh genki desuka i don't know Hi. yes 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 that means how are you how are you doing uh yeah so I, I, everyone on, uh, who listens to radio sega knows of my uh, amazing ability with with uh, foreign Japanese. languages yeah so <laughs> i i'm actually portuguese Uh, and I, I, I do my best speaking English. Very good. Uh, Japanese, yeah. Japanese is not my, my forte. I, I try, I try, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he, he then continues. Um, how did you get involved with Sega? So your first oh. game was Crazy Taxi, right? Your first game for Sega? I, well, I don't know if that was my first game. Like I said, that was the first game where I heard my own voice. But I, when I was living in Tokyo, um, one of the agents that I did do a lot of work with had a very good relationship with Sega. And so I was going to the Sega studios all the time. Um, I still remember what the Sega studios look like. You know, it's one of those, they were, Sega studios back in the day were, that, that was probably one of my favorite studios to go to. Um, because it was all in-house. Uh, it was a little bit far from where I lived, because I lived in downtown Tokyo, like near the Shibuya area. And usually to get there, I would have to take uh, two trains, and then I would have to walk about 15 minutes, almost 20 minutes. So, you know, it's kind of far to get out there. But uh, once I got in, you know, and I got to the studio, um, I knew the engineers, and you know, they'd be like, oh, Richard, Genki, you know, and so we were all kind of, we were good friends, and so it was kind of like going to family for me. Um, so, yeah, so I spent a lot of time with the, uh, in the Sega Studios. Mm -hmm. uh, he also asks, who's your favorite character you voiced? I know the, the answer to this question. Feel free to answer. Yeah, um, I, th I, I would have to say Nina, I think, um, just because I really like her complexity, uh, you know, with the backstory. Um, mm -hmm. I really like the, 
the whole dynamic between her and Anna and how they have this really contentious um, relationship and um, how Nina is such a strong character um, and seems like she would be undefeatable in some ways, but then yet yeah, she's also very vulnerable. And I really like that aspect to her. Yeah. So you, you, you just like to kick ass, right? That's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes to Sega characters, though, too, so you, you voiced uh, a few of them. Uh, which one of them is your favorite? Uh, that's a good question. No, actually, I don't know. I mean, I do. So, Gina was so much fun. Um, I do love Sarah, though. I love Sarah Bryant because she's also really sassy and fun. And she also kicks butt, you know? So, I do really, really love Sarah. Alive, um, but then and and for me, um, you know, obviously though, as a game experience, I would have to say that the Shenmue experience was awesome because when we did Shenmue two, a lot of times we got to work with the other voice actors, which doesn't happen that much when you're recording for video games. You know, you. Usually you go in, you do your individual part, and then you're done, and you don't really get to see and interact with any of the other people. But with Shemu 2, it was really wonderful because sometimes we'd like be spending the whole day at the Sega studio, and, and there'd be other voice actors there. So it was really cool. It was a really good bonding experience for us, I think. So yeah, um, we'll we'll just take a quick music break though. Um, okay. We'll we'll talk more about uh, probably Shenmue, obviously, and uh, okay. a little bit about Virtual Fighter as well. Uh, if you have any questions for Lizzle, uh, as I know you do because you're you're sending me some, uh, double click my name in the IRC chat room. That's KC. Double click it. Send me the question or at Radio Sega on Twitter, hashtag the Sega Lounge, and I'll try to ask. Questions. Uh, be nice, though. Be nice. Though. Uh, <laughs> you're all yes. nice. Uh, you're all nice. But uh, but yeah. So I'll uh, just play a quick uh, track from Virtual Fighter Five Final Showdown. And um, I don't know which character should I play a track from. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna go with Sarah for some reason. So here's yeah. yeah so here's Sarah's theme from Virtual Fighter Five Final Showdown, and we'll be right right back on the Sega Lounge.
Welcome back to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We play the best Sega music 24-7 and we have the best guests. Just like tonight we have Liesl Wilkerson with us. Welcome back, Liesl. Thank you. It's Thank good you. to be here. Thank you for joining us. It's, it's a pleasure it, and it's been a blast. Um, as I was saying during the, the break, uh, the Chaos Blue, one of our listeners and staff members, asks, uh, what's your favorite Japanese dish? I think I would have to say tempura, tempura. Um, I love tempura with cold soba noodles. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna uh, wait for his reaction and then I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, Virtual Fighter, Shenmue, your work with Sega. Um, you actually mentioned something that I, I wasn't aware of. Um, when we had Corey Marshall on the show, obviously yes. he he was in the US and he, he he had to fly over to Japan to do his work on on Shenmue. Um, yes. Uh, and he for the first one he said he didn't do uh, he did his work. He didn't do any scenes with other voice actors, uh, but he got to play the game. Actually, he said mm -hmm. that they gave him a, a console and the game, uh, an early build of the game. Uh, were you able to uh, play some of the game Shenmue 2? Uh, did you watch some scenes of, from the game or anything like that before you worked on on your characters? Um, they we were not given them before we started um, but I was able to see them you know usually what would happen is I would go into the studio like an hour before or something and uh, and then I would see some of the scenes that we were doing but no we were not able to see any of the video beforehand um, but we were able to see it while we were recording Mm -hmm. um, but this was not for some of the, but I remember some of the scenes were not done yet. So it wasn't for all of the scenes that we did, just for some of them. Um, yeah. you, you actually voiced three different characters. Correct. Um, were you given any uh, liberty to do your own take on the character? Were you given very specific directions? How did that work? Yeah, that's a good question. So, with um, Shuing and with Joy, uh, sh both both of those characters, um, I guess Yusan had a pretty good idea of what he was looking for. So, with that, we, you know, like, uh, I would give them a few samples and they'd be like, yep, this is what we want this is what we don't want, you know, kind of thing. Now, with Yuan, just because of his whole ambiguous sexuality, mm -hmm. um, yeah. we, there was quite a bit of time put into finding the right voice for that um, because they did not want to... Because, you know, this was... Uh, keep in mind, this was like 15 years ago or so, and so when they were presenting this to the American market... They didn't want to kind of offend anyone, and yeah. so they were really, um, you know, they they were very careful about figuring out what how they were going to approach the character of Yuan. So, um, 
And it was really funny because at that time I was watching and addicted to Sex in the City, um, <laughs> the TV show. And one of my favorite characters is Kim Cattrall's Samantha, you know, who's a little bit over the top. So I remember when we were in the studio, we were trying to work on the, you know, character for Yuan. Um, I thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to add a little bit of Samantha into that character. Um, and kind of make it like, oh, you know, like such a drama queen. Um, and so that's what I did. So she, there's a little bit of Samantha channeling going along, uh, going in there with you on. So that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so I guess I was able to help in the process. But, you know, at the end of the day, as I, you know, kind of mentioned before, it was really kind of, I was there to really help um, you, Suzuki-san's uh, vision. You know, I was just a piece of kind of helping put that vision together. So it was really all about trying to give him exactly what he was looking for. So, so you, you did meet with Yu uh, Suzuki. Or were you just given directions by, written direct, directions by him or, or something? Yes. Um, so I most most of the recording sessions were really done with the director who was you know hired to you know direct with the engineer. Um, so I believe I met I met him I think at the very beginning, but um, no, he did not come to you know the recording sessions all the time or anything. Because um, I you know I mean obviously like he's got a lot of things to do and so you know so he had um a director that you know would really kind of um work with his vision uh, um yeah so yeah yeah makes sense makes sense <laughs> uh so in, by the way if people aren't uh, for people who aren't familiar with Shenmue or Shenmue 2 uh Yuan is a, a cross-dresser actually um, and right. th that I believe is uh, very clear in the Japanese version of the game, but uh, not yeah. so much in the European or US versions. For example, I didn't know this until uh, I don't know, recently, because uh, I, I obviously, being in Portugal, I played the European version um, uh. on the Dreamcast. On the Dreamcast, I never played right. the, the Xbox version, so I never. Played. I watched some of the videos online uh, of your work on the game, but I've never played it with your uh, voice over the characters. So oh, in, okay. in, in the, the, the European version with the Japanese voices and uh, English subtitles, uh, I believe they gave you a, a female voice actor as well. But in mm -hmm. the Japanese version, uh, I think it's a man who, who does the, the voice. If you mm -hmm. want. So, and it, it's it's uh, I think they, they tried not to <laughs> shock people or whatever uh, with uh, with this character although it's it's a little um, as you said it's uh, uh, his ambiguous sexuality <laughs> yeah. is is actually pretty obvious so so but, yeah. but it's, it's not as clear as in the Japanese version but I believe that um, in the US version even the, the some of the lines Uh, actually reflect more of the original idea they had for the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you want to know more about Yuan, you need to play Shenmue 2. You need to 
grab a, an Xbox version of Shiny <laughs> 2 or just play the game on the Dreamcast. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you should, as you should. Um, yeah, um, Trini uh, asked a question. Um, not sure if you're familiar with this. He asks, uh, what do you think of Sega now? Uh, in comparison with what uh, you knew about them in the past? Um, I, I'm assuming he's talking about the corporate, like, not corporate structure, but about, like, what they're doing and projects they're involved in. Uh, probably. He also asks, what do you think maybe? about uh, the regional divide within the company? And I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, the se whole Sega of America versus Sega of Japan. Yeah, well, and this is something that honestly, um, I'm sure there are a lot of different factors that are involved with this. Um, you know, and for me, and this is where kind of my bicultural side, I'll say, comes into play, where uh, Japanese companies and American or Western companies have very different approaches in business. And this is something that a lot of times I get hired to help solve problems with people that are having problems and want to approach things in a very different way. Now, here in America, um, I know, I, in, I'm just saying because, you know, I'm currently living in America, but the entertainment industry is obviously changing a lot because of internet and downloading and everything that's going on. Everything is much more digital and digitalized and, um, And so, you know, we're having, the entertainment industry is having to adapt to this. And that includes gaming companies, that includes record labels, that just includes TV stations. Well, in Japan, they're still having a hard time really trying to figure out their approach, I think, with, you know, how, how are they going to adapt to this new digital climate? And... So I think that there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of that kind of, uh, you know, involved as well. And because of this, I think that, um, you know, it's hard to find. Like in Japan, um, for me, coming from radio, like they don't really do very much streaming of radio shows, mm -hmm. you know. And, whereas here you can get that. Or even TV shows, like they don't really do that. They're still holding on to that kind of old business model in some ways. And so they're still adjusting. So I don't quite know the reason behind the divide with Sega Japan and Sega the US, but I'm assuming that there's probably the whole business approach to it that is maybe one of the biggest reasons that there's such a, you know, that. Um, that there is this divide. There's a whole uh, cultural difference there that yeah, well, needs to and be taken also, into account. Absolutely. Like, I think that um, culturally, the Japanese business world is very different from the way things are done in America. So, and you know, here in, here in the States, time is money. And so things are done very quickly, usually. Decisions are made very quickly. Whereas in Japan, there's a, a long process and you have to go through the whole chain of command and so you know they they are much more methodical in their process and so yeah i i'm sure that there are all kinds of reasons behind this um so i can't really go i have no idea i don't know yeah. why but yeah you know the, the the thing is uh they do much better in japan than 
in the US or the West. Mm -hmm. the, the, their decisions, they do bear fan service. And, uh, uh, although they mm -hmm. probably don't do everything right, but uh, there's a few games that people. Uh, th this question by Trini is, I think, um, uh, trying to. referring to uh, all the, the different games that get released in Japan. We don't see over here, so it's, uh, it's more okay. related to that. But but you make some it. good points as well. There are some yeah. differences in, in the way that yeah. corporations are are run in in, in right. Japan. Um, well, okay, yeah, yeah. So sorry, go ahead, go ahead. And then, um, and then just to add, so and then kind of, make, and this might have something to do with not all the games being released. Is that you know you have to keep in mind that you also have a budget. You know, you always have budget constraints. Yeah, yeah. So. A lot of times, Sega Japan, you know, would be like, okay, we think this game is going to do well, this game and this game, we can go ahead, you know, and, and put out a, you know, I don't know, a marketing budget for the US and do this and do that, like bringing an English voiceover cast and, you know, what, whatever they need, whatever they want to do for the game. Like, you know, there's a lot that they have to prepare if they want to bring it to a different market and if they want to have the localization done and everything. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I, the Japanese um, will take risks, but they tend to be very, you know, a bit cautious and conservative usually yeah. with the way they do business. And so sometimes they'll be like, yeah, okay, we think this will do there. We'll do good there. We don't know if this will do that good there. So we're not going to, you know, try unless, you know, and then sometimes, but nowadays I think with social media, with Twitter and what have you, that, you know, the fans can have so much of a voice in things, you mm -hmm. know, and Shemu obviously is a very good example, but, You know, if there's a game that you think should come out and you think should be localized or something, there's nothing wrong with, you know, trying to be vocal about that and using Twitter and other social media, you know, uh, methods to kind of get that out. Yeah, just try to be respectable, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah, that, that's that's the, the uh, mostly the most times that's the, the biggest problem people have. The biggest difficulty yeah. is to how to approach Sega with their complaints. But that's another topic for another time. Uh, right. <laughs> so, by the way, you 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 worked on Virtua Fighter recently. Yes. Um, where where did you do your your voiceover or voice acting job uh, in Japan or in the US? Um, for Virtua so Fighter, actually, for the latest Virtua Fighter, um. They ended up just taking a lot of my work that I already had and then using it because I was in the States and they weren't able to fly me out. So that's kind of what happened with that. Um, so they just, they called me up, um, and I, I want to say it was like a year and a half ago, maybe, um, two years ago. And um, the agent that I worked with, you know, took through um called me up and said they'd like to use you know your work and blah 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 is that okay and i'm like yes um but you know i think going forward uh usually what i do with video game work and um all the agents that i work with in japan know that i'm always willing to fly out to japan and do my work because i go back to japan at least once a year for work um 
So, you know, depending on the project, depending on the, you know, budget and everything, obviously. But... Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the question everyone is uh, wanting to ask, though, is uh, when's the next Virtual Fighter game coming out? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know, now we have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, we're, we're running out of time. So uh, I just wanted to mention briefly Shenmue 3. Uh, you you said you and, and it's obvious if we if anyone that follows you on Twitter or Facebook can see the tweets that people the mentions you get. Uh, you Corey Marshall and uh, other people involved with previous Shenmue games. Um, how did you react to, to the announcement of Shenmue 3? Uh, how crazy was all the, the fan reception to this announcement? Uh, would you like to share your experience with us? Yeah, so I was actually... This is one of those things where I think I will remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I was, you know, and I'll remember it for, I'm sure years to come, right? So I was actually at home. Um, I'd just gotten back from doing a job and I'd just come home and I was sitting down on my couch and then I opened up my laptop and was getting ready to do some work and I got an email from someone saying, hey, Shenmue 3 was just announced as a Kickstarter at E3. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, because for me... I think that, you know, I, for, for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years, I feel that, you know, I have come across so many wonderful Shenmue fans who have come up to me and they've said, when is three coming out? Please tell me you know something. <laughs> and it's so, you know, and I'm like, I know nothing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, but... Um, liar, was, liar. I, yeah, I know. I wish I know. I know. Um, but it was one of those things where I just thought, wow, that is so wonderful. I'm so, I mean, I was just so happy. And I remember that for the next four days or so, I was completely glued to my phone or my laptop and I was tweeting and I was retweeting and I was checking the news for new Shenmue updates and you know and no I actually um for the first week I think and I still do but now I'm checking you know like a few times um a day I'll check for new Shenmue news or what have you but you know and I'm constantly retweeting and you know blah 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 and tweeting about it but um yeah, for the first week or so, I was just completely glued to the news like everyone else was. And I was blown away by the fact that, you know, people raised two million in like nine hours. I think that, that was that's just absolutely incredible. And it just goes to show that, you know, I think, Sh- yeah, Shamu fans are awesome. And um, it's, yeah. I'm just so very, very, very happy for them because I know that. They have been waiting for so long for this, and I just think it's really wonderful that, you know, I'm sure this was not an easy decision for Suzuki-san to make, because I'm sure that there was a lot involved in this whole process, and so 
I'm so, I just think it's really wonderful that he's kind of, you know, stuck to this, you know, he's like, okay, I'm doing this. I got so much response from fans that I thought I need to, you know, I need to live, I need to really commit and I need to, you know, kind of finish this story. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just think it's really wonderful. Yeah, I think it, it was a personal project as well. So it was his most personal yes. project ever, I think. And uh, yeah. although it didn't do as, uh, it wasn't as a commercial hit as some of his other works, uh, yeah. it, it got a connection with people. And uh, to this day, it's it's still my favorite game of all time. So personally, wow. I can understand. I can understand. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and that's why I'm I'm always saying if you're not if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, just go and try Shenmue One and Two, Dreamcast, Xbox. I don't know. Try it, and then we'll talk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, right now, by the way, um, it's just the the, the Shenmue Three Kickstarter just. Um, let's see that there's over 3.8 million dollars uh, donated pledged uh, with 15 days to go and uh, you know there's the whole uh, 10 million uh, stretch goal that uh, Suzuki yeah. wants people to pledge to because that way they'll have the game they wanted to I'm not sure if if we'll get to the 10 million dollars uh, in 15 days uh, I'm not sure maybe who knows um, but we'll, we'll see. It would be awesome to have you on 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 the uh, or in the game doing voices for the game. Uh, so maybe we'll have you on the show some other time soon to talk about your work on Shenmue 3. Who knows? That would be great. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Liesl, um you, you need to go and uh, we need to wrap up things right here. Uh, awesome of you to join us, to have joined us for, for this interview. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the Sega Lounge. Uh, you're welcome back on Radio Sega whenever you want, so let Thank us know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been fun. Just wanted to mention a couple of things before we go. Um, tomorrow, in, in regards to Shenmue, tomorrow there's a whole, it's the third of the month, so there's a whole Save Shenmue tweetathon. So if you like Shenmue or are interested in Shenmue, don't forget to tweet uh, hashtag Save Shenmue. Uh, and there's uh, also the, there's an, a hashtag for you, Suzuki. I think it's Ask You Son. I'm not sure now. I should, I should know this, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's hashtag Ask Yusun, and um, Yu Suzuki will uh, pitch in on the, the tweetathon and he'll uh, answer some questions as well tomorrow. So, so yeah. Uh, apparently, it's hashtag you ask you. <laughs> Thank you, SPK in the IRC. Hashtag you ask you. So, that's original. Uh, and yeah, and apart from that, uh, if you like. Um, to know more about Liesl and all the other or some of the other voice actors that did work on Shenmue and Shenmue 2 uh, our good friends the Sega Nerds uh, have their Nerdcast tomorrow uh, at yeah. I believe uh, let's see it should be 9pm central perhaps so that's about uh, that's 7pm uh, Pacific right? Correct. Uh, yes. 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern, and uh, it's a bit late over here, so it's like yes. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 
uh, in yeah. Western Europe, like UK, Portugal, and uh, 4am Central Europe. So there's always the podcast. So that's that. There's always a, a good way to to catch up with the nerdcast. Yeah, they'll yeah. have you. They'll have uh, Corey Marshall, Eric Kelso, and Paul Lucas. So that's correct. Yeah. So I, um, I, I was actually the one that reached out to Paul because uh, we're good friends and. Um, he lives in Singapore right now, but uh, he's going to be joining us, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, Eric is going to be joining us from Tokyo. So awesome! It should be a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. So you know, uh, the Sega Nerds are good friends. Go check out their website and uh, listen to the Nerdcast tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more news in regards to Shenmue-related uh, guests in the future on the set lounge as well uh, so keep listening to us as well don't forget after this show uh, in about uh, two hours and 15 minutes more or less uh, Voice is back with RSN Voice uh, or RSN Live actually uh, on Radio Sega and uh, RSN Radio and um, tomorrow there's Sega Mixer Drive at 9pm uh, UK time and uh, after that at about 11pm UK time we'll have uh, this week's last call with Hal C our guest DJ uh, and I still haven't uh, heard his set but I'm sure it's going to be amazing so feel free to check out uh, that particular show on Radio Sega Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, a show dedicated to Sega of America action. So we've been uh, talking, uh, bad-mouthing uh, Sega of America uh, on the show. And next week we'll have uh, Aaron Weber, Sam Mullen and Sarah Chen on the show to talk about stuff and things uh, that we can't really say right now. But uh, keep listening to us and check out FreeDoSega.net for our blog update on what next week's show is going to be about. Lizel, one more time, thank you so much for joining us on the Sega Lounge. Absolutely. All the best for your future endeavors. Uh, before we go, how can people get in touch with you, keep uh, track of your most recent works and stuff? Yes. Um, I'm very active on both uh, Facebook and Twitter, so you can find me there. Um, I also have Instagram. Instagram's usually... Uh, pictures of my super cute Japanese cat, Princess Genki, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very active on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter. So you can always find me there. Okay. And, uh, we're also active on those, uh, social media outlets. So, uh, Radio Sega, you can find us easily. Uh, we'll leave you with, uh, another Shenmue 2 track, uh, from a character that we all know and love. It's Joyce, Joyce theme on Radio Yay! Sega. Uh, we've been uh, chatting with Lizzle Wilkerson, voice actor on all these awesome games. I've been Casey, also known as David. I'll be back next week with more of the Sega Lounge. Keep listening to Radio Sega because we play the best Sega music 24-7. Bye-bye. Meet any woman the likes of her. She's a witch, let a switch rubber in the air. It's no junk, she's a god's on a pair of wheels. She passes by in the blank of an island. No, you can't ever stand to keep your.
metal machine And you drunk on tension on the slices down the road Just one little look and you'll be begging for more She's a god on a pair of wheels She passes right in the black of a night Thanks for listening to the Sega Lounge. The show will be available in podcast form shortly. Download it from RadioSega.net, the iTunes Store, or stream it on Stitcher. Join us again next week for another episode of the Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.